Hi, I'm JP. And I'm Adam. I've never seen Lost. I have. I'm told that it's good. I liked it. I'm told that it made sense. Sort of. But we're watching it out of order. So it definitely won't make sense. But it might still be good. Since we won't expect it to make sense, we'll still be able to appreciate each episode on its own merits as a one-hour story. Sometimes two or three. As opposed to just a fraction of an ongoing, sprawling, and increasingly complex tangle of relationships, personal stories, mysteries, mythologies, experiments, social dynamics, unnatural disasters, unanswered questions, and hot tropical hookups. Are you okay? I'm not sure. Because you lost me a little bit there at the end. Good, because I've been lost since the beginning. We're, We're lost, lost on Lost. Welcome everybody to Lost on Lost. I'm Adam Busher and I'm joined as always by one of those cartoons, you know, one of the ones that you watch over and over again, J.P. Russell. <laughs> that's that's me. That's how I've been described. Uh, all right. So, J.P., before we get started, let's let's just have a quick chat about Halliburton. Let's just do it now so that we don't <laughs> end up going into a huge tangent during the episode. Let's just get it out of the way, okay? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, now obviously Halliburton at one time made some sort of high quality attache case, but that's no reason to ignore the absolutely repugnant history of this company. So let's start with the oil shit. Now in 1919, <laughs> six and a half hours later, then merging with Dresser Industries, of which Prescott Bush was a director. Now Prescott Bush, who we should all be familiar with for his involvement in the plot to overthrow Franklin Delano Roosevelt and install a fascist dictator. So, you know, real cool stuff there. One eternity later. The evidence that they destroyed showed Halliburton to be just as responsible as Transocean for the Deepwater Horizon explosion, but their guilty plea only came with a $200,000 fine, which is quite frankly horseshit. One debt to society later. And again found guilty, this time in 2015, for retaliating against the whistleblower who filed a case with the SEC over Halliburton trying to conceal billions of dollars. <sighs> anyway... The attache case is no longer made by Halliburton. The manufacturer is a company called Zero Halliburton, which is owned by Ace Company Limited, a Japanese luggage manufacturer. I'm concerned with the fact that on the call, I can see that both your nose is bleeding and you have an erection. Well, that'll happen. Um, (laughs) Today, we're talking about whatever the case may be, the 12th episode of season one and the 12th episode of Lost Overall. Our centric character is everyone's favorite random white woman name generator, Kate Austin. (laughs) Whatever the case may be takes place on the 21st and 22nd days after the crash of Oceanic Flight 815. JP, got a recap for us? I do. Let's have it. Hey, Mars, how's that beach body coming along? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> On the island, Kate, Jack, and Sawyer spend more time trying to get into a Halliburton case than Robert De Niro in the movie Ronin. <laughs> we see the beginning sparks of interest between Saeed and Shannon. She spends a lot of time telling him about an ex-lover. That's always a good icebreaker. Charlie struggles with not being the center of attention, so to cope with this, he tries being useless? More <laughs> useless? Anyway, Claire's gone. And in the before times, Kate pulls off the most overly elaborate and sloppy heist of all time. Am I going to talk way too much about the movie Heat in this episode? Probably. For me, the action is the juice here on Lost on Lost. <laughs> Adam, we have, a, we have a guest with us today. Oh, yeah? Prove it. Uh, it's a lot of pressure now, fellas. Eagle-eared <laughs> uh, <laughs> listeners will remember the always wonderful Jake Jacobson. Welcome back, Jake. I don't want to break the fourth wall this early in the podcast, but the audience is not going to hear this. We are, we're like 75 minutes in the recording right now, <laughs> and I assume they're going to edit out most of the... <laughs> Most of Adam's conversation about about the, the Halberton case. I didn't realize that that was the joke of the title until literally we started this podcast. I, I saw it <laughs> whatever the case in may real be. time, and it was yeah. Very I didn't exciting. want to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> the local recording might have picked some of it up, actually. But I, just... I went through the same emotional journey last night writing my intro. I was like, "What the fucking name is this episode? Whatever the case may." Oh, oh. yeah. I, I literally didn't. I just didn't even think about it being relevant to the episode at all until literally just now and i was like oh wow yeah okay it's literally that's the thing oh my god hi hi, i'm jake (laughs) uh uh, well jake what uh what have you been up to since uh the last time you were on so i've been going out of my way to not watch any more lost Uh, (laughs) boy. 
<laughs> and watching this episode and it being connected to the first episode I was a guest for made me sit down and be like, what if I watched more Lost? <laughs> like, like, what if I started from Don't the beginning? Don't do it. <laughs> how's, uh, how's the Persona 5 streaming going? Uh, it's fine. You know, if you ever want to play a video game the wrong way, I would recommend you do what I've been doing, which is that in the Japanese role-playing game Persona 4, it specifically takes place in the year, I want to say 2011, mm -hmm. but it takes place in a year, right? So sure. Persona 5 Royal takes place in 20XX. The same year as one of those Mega Man games. Exactly, yes. But that also <laughs> opens up the door for the in-game calendar for Persona 5 to literally match up with the real-life calendar of the year 2022. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So, I am playing through a video game that's meant to be played four times as fast as I'm playing it. Um <laughs> Uh, but you know what? No, actually, it's it's kind of fun. There are there are stakes that are not supposed to be introduced when you do a thing this way. I mean, that's that's the stated premise of our podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, there are things that I have to work literal weeks for a payoff for. Where like that's not how the video game is supposed to work, right? Right. Or like or like you have to do these dumb tests, and there are questions that I literally answered weeks ago because I'm playing it one day at a time and I actually have to remember them oh like, or write them down, which I'm not going to do because I'm not a nerd. Right, exactly. So like, yeah, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, thank you for asking. It's been, it's been really fun in its own sort of torturous and horrifying way. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody who follows me on Twitter gets exactly one frame of every day of Persona 5. I'm like one of those novelty SpongeBob episode accounts at this point or something. So... <laughs> There's worse things you can be. That's true. So. Speaking of worse things you can be, do you guys want to talk about Lost? <laughs> I'd like nothing more. Whatever the case may be, originally aired on January 5th, 2005. It was written by Damon Lindelof and Jennifer Johnson and directed by Jack Bender. Damon Lindelof is, of course, known for his work on critically acclaimed HBO shows The Leftovers and Watchmen, but never forget that he joined the last season of Nash Bridges as a story editor and was allegedly responsible for its cancellation. <laughs> That's something I made up. Bastard. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer Johnson is a steady working TV writer, which means that most folks will not know who she is, but she gets Paid. Her yeah. other work includes Cold Case, Alcatraz, Designated Survivor, and most, most recently, the live-action Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Jack Bender is a lifelong painter. In addition to directing, like, every third episode of Lost, he, <laughs> he painted the Hatch Mural, which in the show was painted by Desmond, to symbolize his slow descent into madness. That's a very cool thing I would show on the TV show Lost if I painted it, if, if it were about my slow descent into madness, you know what I mean? We start off in the jungle. Yeah. Kate is up in a tree picking fruit. She, uh, she's got some fruit, and it looks like she's probably going to head back to camp. She hears a noise behind her. Yeah. Uh, Cracking twig. So rule, rule of threes, right? So she hooks a rock into the jungle, <laughs> and we hear the southern twang of James Sawyer Ford. Yeah, local hero. Known pervert. <laughs> There's a sex offender list on the island, and he's the only one on it. They had to start one because of him. You know what, though? <laughs> yeah, some th some decisions are the right decisions. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. You know I mean? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. something like that. She hit him in the knee, which is not bad, but I guess. fucking nailed him. It's a great yeah. line shot. Yeah, because yeah. he couldn't yeah. even see him. From our, from the audience's point of view, he's just in the bushes somewhere. Son of a bitch. Uh, oh, you're fine. It's my knee. I'll tell you if it's fine or not. <laughs> She's like, I'm leaving or whatever. Like, I don't even remember what they're talking about, but then they hear something and uh, and she's like you hear that and like you hear the, a little bit of the rattle of the smoke monster ever so briefly the thing they're actually hearing is the roar of a nearby waterfall Ooh. it's a pretty little location this waterfall yeah super nice they do like or like sort of does kind of like what I would do I guess be like eh, fuck it I wasn't planning on doing anything swimming hole let's go yeah uh, <laughs> right, he swims yeah. with his jeans on though that, and... that I would not have done <laughs> Like, I don't know if he's just, like, free-balling it all the way to Baghdad, but, I like, gotta assume well, as much, because you do see his butt crack a little bit later. I mean, yeah. they've been on this island for 28 days now, like... Yeah. Under yeah. Underwear becomes optional after, what, seven days? <laughs> I think that's a real right, film yeah. for a survival situation. That, uh, that pyramid of needs is, like, underwear is not even on there anywhere. No, not even close. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's just too many layers at that point. Yeah, exactly. Although, like, why do you choose the jeans, I guess? Like, I don't know. Right. Oh, yeah. No. George. 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 They go swimming. I mean, it's it's whatever. You know, if they weren't stranded on an island, it would be cute. Like, they're, they're splashing, dunking each other or whatever. It's not, right. Yeah. Right. Cute yeah. fun. This entire beginning of the episode really makes me think that being stranded on an island forever wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. You know? Right. Exactly. There's fruit. There's waterfalls. This is great. Every once in a while, I get hit with a rock, but that's the cost of doing business. But then, so like while they're horsing around, they spot something under the water, um, which makes this pond seem like less of a good idea. Once they get a little bit deeper... There are there's a there's a seat from the plane and two bodies still strapped into the seats and they are decomposing in the water. It's yes, gross. they are they are mannequins. <laughs> yeah, for but still for sure. <laughs> something about just like anything appearing out of murky water is just unsettling. Yeah. Oh, no, that moment comes to me later in the episode. What's um, do not you even worry about that? <laughs> it's it's uh, thassalophobia. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm not, yeah, yeah, no, Adam, I, you're not a fan of like deep water. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 not deep water. It's water you can't see the bottom of, which generally is deep. But like a gross pond right. like this, I don't know if I'd go in it because I'd be like afraid of an eel or a water snake or like yucky toes. It would, yeah, <laughs> it'd just be a bummer. <laughs> they see the they see the mannequins and then the lost card comes up. They surface and then the, so, Sawyer probably decides to scavenge and then Kay just kind of goes along with him. He, he's like, I'm gonna go get me some stuff out of his pockets. Which okay, like he he frames it in a really scummy way, but like you should go get those IDs so that you can know who they are. Like, I, that's what I would absolutely. think in that position. I'd be like, we should well, see if they have any identification on them. Oh, see, like, I would absolutely loot these guys as a survival method. Yeah, right, that I too. Do, I, <laughs> right. I did right, not have yeah. the foresight to think that, like, if we have their IDs, we can ID them. Which made it weird to me that the first thing he did was be like, yo, check it out. I got his wallet. Like, cool. <laughs> now you can right. s- spend all of that currency for 40 goods bucks. and services on the oh. island from Lost. Like, <laughs> I've got his Costco card Need hey, sponsor us, Costco. Right. This this Kroger this Kroger card is going to save me so much money at the Marianos from on the other side of the island. That's right. Like, I'm so excited. No, that's the that's the tie-in. He you know they open up the wallet and he's got the Froger like punch card or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so they got yeah. six I mean, stamps on it though. But yeah, you're right, Jake. Like go and see if there's anything worth having on them. Which like yeah, you see the case totally. and you're like yeah, the case has probably got some shit in it. A silver briefcase has always contained something that's important to the plot right. of a show. I got a little confused here, right? So they, you know, we we see the case. We see Kate see the case. She's like, help me with the case. She says something to the effect of like, it's mine. Yeah. The the characters in this uh, TV program Lost both interpreted that as this is my case because I previously owned it before we were lost on the Lost Island. Right. I took it as hey, we're scavenging and Kate calls dibs on it. Like, it's Mm. mine. Yes, I wrote this down too because this is so weird and unnatural to me because, yeah, she says... The case is mine, which like you, I thought like, yeah, okay. So she's calling dibs on the case. She's good. When they go down and get it, it's hers. And then they come back up with it. And he says, that case ain't yours, is it? Which like, bro, you're looting dead guys. Like the case is probably not hers. <laughs> that wallet's right, not yours, yeah. dude. Like, um, right. Use yeah, your context exactly. clues. <laughs> but yeah, like it is, it is such a weird exchange of like, it's how, so we've been on this island exactly long enough for all of us to forget how like conversation works. Like <laughs> the writers have forgotten how conversation works. Well, that's true on the other episode I was here <laughs> for too. Yeah, you leave Jennifer Johnson alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so this so this scene kind of is a window into how I experienced this episode. Sure. Oh, how so? Because the only other episode of Lost and the only other information I know about Lost is information about this briefcase and Kate. And so like my <laughs> my experiencing this episode was a lot of situations in which I remembered what I knew from the other episode of Lost. Sure. And so like this is the first moment where I wrote, wait, is this the briefcase from the flashback with all the guns in it? And so I was like freaking out. I I was doing DiCaprio points at the TV. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's the briefcase from the other thing. That's the briefcase from the flashback. Also, uh, before we move on, I just want to say that I was holding my breath alongside them. So like whenever we show them underwater, I hold my breath. Right, right, right. Which 
which again I think makes me think that I, I could probably survive on the island from Lost. Yeah, oh, I think of I'd course. Be fine. Yeah, I no think problem. I would have. I think I would have handled it. Yeah, so. no problem. We cut to the beach. Um, the tide is apparently uh, very strange, and it is a completely eroding this beach. Yeah, what the fuck? Jack and Saeed are having some conversation about like how you know this this is unnatural, but it's like yeah, well nothing about this place seems to be natural. So mm-hmm. yeah. whatever, we need to just get the fuck off this beach. During this conversation, I. I, at least I was reminded that this is a period of time in which Claire is missing. <laughs> Thank God. Right. So, yeah. So this was weird to me as well. <laughs> because because I have the foresight of knowing that the character Claire is actually fine. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> I do appreciate that Saeed just refers to her as the pregnant, the pregnant girl. Woman. Yeah, the pregnant girl. Right, yeah. yeah. They have a conversation about, you know, the others and like, the, or there are other people on this island, whatever. And Saeed's like, I didn't hear anything. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's some real like trying to ignore it stuff right it's a real like i'm not traumatized you're traumatized stuff <laughs> like, like you you told me you heard the sounds and he was like bro it was wind bro and it's like man you don't gotta like <laughs> we're all this together i saw my dead dad yeah. on day two like, like it's, it's all, it's it's all good cool. man like jack wants to go he wants Saeed to take him to take him to Rousseau. Like Rousseau knows everything about the island. She's been here for the better mm-hmm. part of two decades, whatever. And he's like, I'm not doing that. We're right. Rousseau, Rousseau and I aren't talking right now. Yeah, we're she's a little jungle crazy. <laughs> From there, we stay on the beach. Shannon and Boone have a conversation. What are you and Locke doing? And they're like, We're just brawling down. It's all good. Well, yeah. So she says, Is he your new boyfriend? And I wrote down sick burn. Because, like, <laughs> got him. Got you know him. what I mean? <laughs> like totally got him. <laughs> Right, because so he just eats it. He's got no comeback. She sucker yeah, punches mean, him with that. Yeah, he's toasted. I mean, like this comes back at the end of the episode. In fact, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, he does. He's like super mean to her, and he calls her useless in such a matter of fact tone. Oh, you're just you're useless, and he walks off. Yeah, um, dude. Holy shit, pot that's mean. Made kettle. Fucking, how useless are you? Like, have some self awareness, Boone. You're not. You're not helping. Right, because here's the sick thing. They have this conversation. She burns him about hanging out with Locke, mm. and then he it does not show up again until the last <laughs> frame of the episode. <laughs> so like, he's just creepily standing there. Yeah. We keep going that night. Kate watches Sawyer return with the case. Uh, this is our, we get into our first flashback uh, with with no whoosh sound when we entered the flashback. No whoosh sound. Yeah. Kate, aka what are Maggie. They, Maggie, 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 yeah. Ryan in this episode. Um, just getting alone. So all of the flashbacks in the two episodes of Lost I've seen just remind me that like there was a time when we were kids where adults could basically just do whatever they wanted for any reason. <laughs> uh, that I really do kind of. I really kind of feel like we missed out on. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, I'm taking pictures for a coffee table book about old theaters. <laughs> yeah, right. And like the episode does prove to me that she's making up a lie, but there is nothing weird about what she has to say. Mm-hmm. This bank man's like, oh, there's a beautiful old theater three miles away from here that I just know of, by the way. <laughs> and and she's like, oh, I'll have to remember that if I end up using it. I'm like, if you're not going to take a picture of that old theater in this town, what are you doing in this town? <laughs> That's a good. That's a great question. Right, yeah, that too. Well, uh, she's freelance, so she's being paid to just kind of go to a city. Yeah. Like we don't know anything about this city because maybe <laughs> the internet doesn't exist yet. I don't know, but there might be some. Just go around that city yeah. and look. And and, <laughs> and she's doing that thing too, where cool you like stuff. you go out, you're gonna start a gig, and so you get to the place you're gonna do the gig at, and then you apply for a loan at that bank. In that true. city that yeah, you've just arrived true. at, instead of getting, you know, the walking around money before you leave. Yeah, but this is 2004, so you're, you're like, oh, you're a freelance photographer? Yeah, we'll give you a, a $900,000 loan with a negative 4% interest rate. Right, because it's pre-2008. <laughs> oh. So so my so my my note on this thing that adults used to be able to do whatever they wanted was interrupted by a bank robbery. <laughs> Well, I mean, those adults are just robbing a bank. Like, oh, like it fits. It fits in the milieu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. do whatever you want. They bust in and are demanding that Mark Hutton, our our uh, probably bank manager, mm. open the money cage. Deadly accuracy from these knuckleheads. Just taking out those security cameras. Pop, Dude. pop, pop. That was the Holy thing that really shit. stuck out to me. Like those guys, one handed for the most part. No bracing. Just like. Pow, pow, 
it's all about first impression. And if you can yeah. walk into a bank and shoot every security camera, people will just assume they can shoot you too. Yeah. It's, you know, introduce yourself. Uh, you know, hi, we're the bank robbers. A uh, <laughs> little bit about yourself. We're here for the money. Um, all right, everybody sit down. We're going to do icebreakers. <laughs> yeah, I'll shoot you in the face if you don't open the room, manage expectations. You yeah, know, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. And, yeah. while, and while we're waiting for uh, Mark Hutton to get the key, the key for the money cage, just tell me the most interesting thing about you that is not your job. <laughs> If you if you could put on a mask of of another persona or a type of person, who would you pick? By the way, give me the key to the money cage. <laughs> we cut back to the beach. Um, Kate sneaks into Snoyer's tent. Part of this I bought because I sleep with a pillow between my knees because I, I want my joints to be in alignment because I'm over 35 and I don't want to wake sure, up. Sure, I do the same thing. <laughs> all, right, all right, guys. <laughs> So when I saw the case between his knees, I was like, oh, Sawyer's over 35. He's making do. He doesn't have a pillow. So the Halliburton case will keep his hips and knees in alignment so he doesn't wake up achy. Makes total sense. Is that on the box, the advert for the advertising, do you think, for the Halliburton case? <laughs> what if that's the key to a good night's sleep, you know? Just a rigid aluminum <laughs> box. <laughs> It has to have a keepsake in it. Yeah, though. yeah, exactly. If oh, it's, yes. if it's oh, just empty, it's not going to do anything for your joints. There's no support well, let's, there. Otherwise. Let's talk about the lumbar support of four guns. Um. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know why she thought this was going to work. Like she goes uh, to try and take it out of his like entwined legs, and he just like. Now she does deliver a sick headbutt. Yes, in this yes. sequence of events, one of many headbutts in this yeah. episode. Uh, yeah, he gets the better of her and yeah, puts her true. in the puts her in a, a figure four, and well, not a. But he, he gets her in like a leg, <laughs> makes her tap. <laughs> just like he puts her in the walls of Jericho. <laughs> oh shit! Is that the money in the bank contract in that thing? Oh my god! No wonder they want it so bad. Oh, that makes so much more sense now. What's Once we get off there? this island, we got to challenge Roman Reigns right. for the WWE Championship. What's in the case, Kate? It's my title shot for WrestleMania. Table, ladders, and chairs match. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> but yeah, like she, he he puts her in a, like this leg lock, and he she just like drills him in the forehead with a well placed headbutt, yeah. gets out, and like. It's this thing, it's this like concertina thing of like her coming very close to getting the case. Yeah. Her not getting it and then her just backing off. And then she's like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to yeah. circle around and try again later. We cut to the next morning. Shannon on the beach. Just tanning. Yes. Tanning. This conversation has been stuck in my head since I saw Lost. How so? Just because I always remember her, him saying we're pretty close to the equator and she's like, I don't know, I got a pretty good voice. Base. It's like, um, it reminds me of that joke is like when somebody clowns on you for wearing sunscreen, it's like, imagine being so toxic that you think you're stronger than the sun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> man, we got a good, pretty good base. Like skin cancer does not care if you've got a good base. No, you're on fire. Sure doesn't. Like whatever. This is a very interesting episode for us to watch because we just watched a Shannon episode. The Shannon episode. We see a lot of the same sort of struggles with her feeling useless. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, Boone literally said that she's, you know, useless. We see her communicate that to Saeed and yet in the Shannon episode he still doesn't have a grasp on sort of her needs of needing to feel seen you know yeah, and yeah. I'm just like dude she she laid all the fucking groundwork in this episode in season one she literally says it yeah. she literally says it yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe Saeed has almost all of the skills that you would need to survive on a, an island but it seems like maybe he doesn't have great relationship skills he, he's basically like hey can you translate this French she's like hey did Boone put you up to this he's like no I don't know no, what you're talking I, about I just need your help <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't I barely speak French and he's like well can you at least just try just entertain me yeah so. just try Saeed's response to did did Boone put you up to this when he said no like to me the subtext was like I would never talk to Boone <laughs> right yeah that's that's would, the vibe I got too it's like, even uh, if he tried like, to put me up to this I would ignore him like I hate that guy we cut to Sawyer trying to pick the lock on the old case there uh, this is the best scene in the whole episode it's so good, <laughs> oh, it's so good. I, my I am bro is flabbergasted which is me I'm flabbergasted yes. that, yes. that everybody knows this brand of briefcase everybody's heard of this fucking <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
and Halliburton... walk by and deliver information about it like it's a goddamn commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we were, I was joking about native advertising earlier, but like I looked up this briefcase after this ep- after I watched this episode because I was like, why was there a zeitgeist around this damn briefcase? Why does everybody know this? <laughs> Dude, you trying to pick the lock on a zero Halliburton model four forty one? That's got twenty eight forty set tensile steel with a double R rated fireproof casing. You're never gonna be able to pick that. Like, yeah, they might as well have. Like. Right. Hurley's <laughs> <laughs> reaction, man. Like that was so good. Like, what's going on? Oh, he's trying to pick the lock of that. Ah, <laughs> you'll never be able to do that, dude. Hurley just gets to. There's so many points in the show where he just gets to deliver fucking killer lines yep. and then walk away. And, I and then he's that. good. Yeah, he's set. Yeah. He's set. Michael's like, you got to smash it open. You're never going to be able to pick it with, uh, especially with bobby pins. Like you can pick a fucking bike lock with what you're doing. Like, so smash it open. I love how he's like, I can pick any lock. I'm like, fast forward to Jin having to wear a handcuff on his fucking wrist for a season. Right. For just months. The the, the scene and they, they're like, you're going to need something to smash it open. How about the axe? There's an axe, um, which segues into the next scene. Boone has the axe. Boone's got the axe and he's going out to meet John Locke. He doesn't notice him there. And he's like, hey. You got it. Did anybody did anybody see you? No. I don't think so. Which is it? <laughs> right. Oh my yeah. god. I just had flashbacks to every conversation I had with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, so here I wrote that we're early enough in se- clearly we're early enough in season 1 that no one is too traumatized to not say zingers at each other all the time cuz like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like Locks out here talking like a middle like a middle school English teacher. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> Can I go to yeah. the bathroom? I don't know. Can you? Okay. May I go to the bathroom? Shut the front door. Can you get the axe or may you get the axe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boone's going to get the axe in season oh. one. Uh, also, also, I appreciate that in both episodes of Last I've Watched, there is a scene where in which Locke just sort of appears from the jungle <laughs> and that's kind of scares yes. someone. Yeah. And that's it. Thanks for coming by, John Locke. We will see you <laughs> next episode. <laughs> Episode wrap on John Locke. Episode wrap on Quinn. Uh, cut to the beach. Rose is dragging some shit across the beach, and Charlie is bummed out. I mean, he's got kind of a good reason to be a little fucked up. He's like, he's 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 dealing with some trauma. He recently uh, had some physical trauma. You can see the huge bruise around his neck. Right. Yeah. She does a good job here with like, hey. Come on, just like stop fucking around. Like mope all you want, but help me carry this big ass board. <laughs> like, yeah, something terrible happened to you, but please don't forget that just twenty days ago something really terrible happened to all of us and Everyone we all else. just had a near death experience. Yeah. So like listen, you you can deal with that in your own time, but at the same time, like fucking help me carry this yeah. thing. Multitask. It's a version of the advice Saeed gives him later on when he asks for help trying to deal with his shit he's like Saeed tells him you know you're not alone so don't act like it cut to Sawyer smashing on the case not on a rock case watch yep 2022 case is not open (laughs) so I fucked up okay Um, we get the the little like jump cuts of him smashing the case against the rock nothing Uh so then he's like I'm gonna climb up this cliff here and I'm going to drop it on one of the rocks and he has a very good reaction of unbelievable like he's just the the way Josh Holloway delivers the line (laughs) I thought that that worked I thought that the case had like cracked open because he was like he was just shocked right it was unbelievable like oh my god Michael was right I went into a 20 minute tangent where I was Googling the weight of like four average nine millimeters plus a box of ammo plus the weight of a Halliburton case and figuring out velocity speeds at like terminal velocity versus like impact joules of force versus how much Josh Holloway weighs and at his height, how much force he could put on a case on a rock. And I was like, wait, what What four guns? I want to be exact with my numbers. I'll just finish this scene so that I can finish my exact math. And then I realized it didn't unlock. And <laughs> uh, so, so Sawyer said physics my ass. And JP was like, I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> Not on my watch. <laughs> Michael and Hurley would never lie to you, Sawyer. Come on. After this, we get the most Looney Tunes scene. <laughs> which is that Kate has apparently been waiting 
slightly off scene in the jungle yeah. this whole time yeah. for Sawyer to get cocky and climb up a hill to throw the case down at a rock so that she could steal it. This is her circling back. This is attempt two after the after the late night snatching grab didn't work. Now she's like, okay, now I'm just gonna tail him around and wait for him to do some cartoon ass shit. It makes me want to know what attempts we've missed. Like, was there a giant box, like wooden box with a stick under it with like a fake version of the case and she was like trying to catch him under it and then he didn't fall for it. Rather than sort of climbing down if he would have like Wiley e. Coyote ran off the top of that cliff. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> and then like looked down and panicked and then fell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kate appears from the tree line, snatches the case and he's like, wait a minute, son of a bitch, goddamn. He says whatever, all of his catchphrases yeah. and then he this, the, yeah chase after her kate must be slow as all hell because he catches up to her tackles or in the in the tall tall grass out there we have established before that josh holloway appears to be able to run quite fast yes humans can only do an all-out sprint for like 30 seconds before you gotta like start slowing down and they're weaving through trees and shit too like right. both of them yeah. like I don't know. I feel like it took him long enough to get down on there. She could have just hid. She could have mud walled like in Rambo 2. She could, do you think she had time to mud wall like in Rambo 2? Well, she had time know. to I... at least mud wall like in Predator. She had time to be pre-mud walled yeah. <laughs> before she dashed into screen. She had a head start on him. He was up. Yeah. Like he can't, he had to find a way down. Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Once he catches her, he's like, I don't care. I'll give it to you. Just tell me what's in it. And this part I totally get because I remembered that the suitcase is full of guns and I would absolutely not tell Sawyer that there yeah. are four guns and ammunition yeah. in the case. Yeah. The last, the last two times Sawyer's had a gun. He uh he did a very he wasted a bunch of ammo trying to kill a polar bear and then he wasted a last bullet poorly euthanizing somebody. Oh my god, yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't care. Yeah, his gun privileges should be revoked. Yeah, I never even thought about that. My man took down a polar bear, but then failed to shoot a dying man. We cut to flash back to the flashback. The bank robbery continues. There's some of those hostages or whatever. They're gonna get the jump on the guys. There's a big dude. There's a big hero. Um, he's getting. He's like, I got this. I got this. And goes and he gets me. Does get that one guy? The gun goes flying over to Kate. She's like, she she does the thing that she did in the pilot. She's like, I don't know how to operate uh, a weapon. Yep, you were right, Adam. She, you were right. Have I judged Kate incorrectly? Yes. <laughs> Have I judged her too harsh? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the lead bank robber's like, all right, that's it. I gotta. Te- teach you a lesson or whatever like he grabs and yeah. takes him with the thing and it turns out oh it turns out maggie ryan slash oh. kate austin's in on it oh shit what a twist uh, did you see that shit coming yeah yeah i did at least but i mean <laughs> we should i guess jake did you see that shit coming this is my, my ending note on this episode is that i feel like there were a lot of these flashbacks would have been way more impactful if i didn't literally know the <laughs> all of this stuff ahead of time you know what i mean <laughs> Welcome to Lost on Lost. But like, yeah, it was a really interesting experience to come onto this episode where the main plot line was something I was interested in because I saw the end of the plot line or like later in the season. You know what I yeah. mean? I was like having this thing where I was like, was the, am I, I know I'm thinking of Kate, but I don't necessarily remember if it's this person. Like I remembered like, oh, she did like a, some kind of bank robbery thing. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls her in and they do the like smirking and smooch thing. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Honestly, though, fellas, I still think she's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this is, and just if, think about it from a chronological point of view. This is this episode comes before what Kate did. This episode comes before Exodus Part 1, like all this stuff. Like uh, JP, you and I know a shitload about Kate. The, the chronological <laughs> audience, this is the first like crime they see Kate commit. There's no resolution on the, on the end of this. Mm-hmm. Kate no. thing either yeah. really yeah. but yeah they they have a a weird sexy heist smooch he takes his mask off I just wrote sir this is a Wendy's um, <laughs> so keep your mind on the job so weird <laughs> in the middle of robbing this bank where literally time is of the essence but whatever yeah. we come back to the beach Sa- uh, Shannon and Saeed are looking at the papers they're, they're like kind of flirting a little bit yeah. uh, oh I was in San Tropez oh I think you're cute put your oh. mind to it it's a cute little scene and they're starting to work together that's about it we cut away Sun to and the cave. Jack yeah, Sun yeah. and Jack are in the cave doing a little herbal medicine 
Uh, Jack's like, what's this for? She's like, it's for headaches. Um, Sun still hasn't let on that she both understands, understands and, and speaks, speaks English. <laughs> yeah. Right, which makes this scene very cool. Right, 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 right. Because right. Kate comes in um, and like, hey, I need to talk to you. And then she sees the only other person you hear is Sun. And is like, oh, well, I can just, I can just say all right. this shit because she, she doesn't speak English. There's a lot of people playing their cards pretty close to the chest on the island. Mm-hmm. Sun is winning by a fucking country mile. <laughs> But yeah, so so she comes in and she's like, Jack, Sawyer's a bully. He's mean to me. He stole my favorite briefcase. And Jack's like, cool, but like, who cares? Report it to the principal. Like, what's actually in the box? So like Jack reads her right away yeah. because she's like, I just want my wheel box back. And Jack's like, no, like, what's in the box? Why is it super important to you? Actually. Just go get your box back. But it's a Halliburton. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she says guns. And Jack sort of in disbelief responds guns. Yeah. And then it, sh- it cuts to Sun who is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just like, like jaw. Like, like, oh, like, oh, shit. What? <laughs> There's what in the case? <laughs> it's, a, it's that meme of the, the little kid doing the side eye. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I wrote woman looks flabbergasted on this part, which I <laughs> Because even she's like, oh, fuck, Sawyer should not have guns. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Jack is so like, oh, is that all that's in the case? And it's like, listen, even if there is something else, listen to the fucking words coming out of my mouth. Sawyer is about to have four guns with ammunition. Why is that not enough for concern for you? Right, 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 right. Jack has... Like a bit of a reason to distrust Kate. He's one of the only people who knows that the at this moment that she she was the marshal's prisoner, etc., etc. Et sure, so like so right. okay, he yeah, but like he also like in Tabula Rasa gave her a clean slate. Like, I don't know. I'm talking oh, about we're shit. Gonna that, whatever. Fucking get into but like that, yeah. their relationship is <laughs> whatever. So I I have remembered that the toy that the toy plane exists at this point. Mm-hmm. I get that the toy plane is sentimental and maybe cursed with evil energy and bad vibes but like <laughs> bad vibe. like the guns are the scary part that i wouldn't tell anybody is in the case and if i've gotten that far then like i don't know why i wouldn't just say there's i have an affect in there right. that i really want back what's in there some money some bullets some of my personal effects but most importantly four goddamn guns. pistoles right yeah Again, like, if I were on the island, I'd be built different. I guess that's just what this boils down to. But, like, it's so weird for Jack to hear four guns and then keep pressing her. Like, obviously, you haven't told me enough. And it's like, I don't, like, what JP said, like, I don't know, man. I think you've told me enough. I think think enough has been said. Like, say no more. It could could be. Say less, man. I got this. There could be gold in the rest of that briefcase. (laughs) Like, I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Like, keep it to yourself, whatever. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. Cut to the beach. Rose and Charlie talking. Why do you look so happy? Cause, bro, fucking <laughs> tomorrow's not promised. You're still alive. Get your head Every out of your head. Every day above ground's a good day. That's yeah, right. You get a real Debbie Downer moment with, with Charlie here. Right? Every day's a good day. Try skipping one, homie. <laughs> He's got to let himself off the hook. He's got to forgive himself. I mean, like, any person, when they do something wrong, they feel like they've done something wrong. What, like, being able to forgive yourself is an important thing that pe- like adults, people, whatever, you need to be able to do. It's part of trauma healing, part of all this stuff. Like, you know, Granted, Charlie's got a lot of problems, but like, right, yeah, yeah, you got to be able to forgive yourself, you know, and she's, she's not wrong. So like, right. she says to him, you need to ask for help. And he says, who's going to help me? And that's kind of where we leave that scene. We cut to the jungle. Kate and Jack are digging <sighs> up a body. Yeah. So I had assumed that the warden was the person that they saw in the first place. So I, at this point, I thought Sawyer had the wallet with the key in it and mm. he just didn't know oh, it. Sure. I didn't I gotcha. know we were going to sure, do sure, some sure. old fashioned grave robbery. Two, I have two specific problems with this um, sure one it goes back to the wallet thing why'd they bury him with this wallet like they we snatched the wallet from the guy yeah like get things. his id like hang on to that shit <laughs> i'm um, sorry like take his trousers take his shirt like you guys have yeah, such limited yeah. resources like yes. take the stuff we keep yes, burying yes, yes, bodies yes, yes, and right. all their clothes on and shit yes, it's yes. possible that they believe that like the ancient Egyptians did, that all of these things come with them to the afterlife. He's gonna need his fro. He's gonna need his Kroger card and his Froger right. stamps. Yeah, exactly. In that case, bury me with all my pogs, please. Right. When please. the Halliburton case dies, he's gonna need the key to open it. <laughs> to right. open the ghost of it. You know what I mean? And then my second gripe was this: was like Jack was like, I had to bury him, whatever. He did. He did kind of a half-ass job with it. this. Is only about an 18-inch deep hole, <laughs> which I guess I, you, you got to be thankful for now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like now, exactly. But. Like, like when you were first doing it, they get the wallet out. Kate tries to bamboozle him um, ah. with the, the, the whole maggots thing, but he's like, "Oh, that you know, uh, you got to get up pretty early to sneak one past old Doctor Shepard." Mm. Um, 
Give me the key. Fine. Oh, this jump scared me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that got to me a little yeah, bit. I was he, like, ooh. Yeah. Did not care yeah. for that, no. I was already like, these dead people be stanking. Like, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. These and then like he opens the wallet stinking. and I and I and I literally like jumped away from my computer monitor. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that I, I'm a little grossed out thinking about it again. Actually, to be it's honest, not with great, you, so. yeah. it's not great. Um, um, she's like, "Well, Jack, I was gonna," you know. She yeah, she yeah, definitely yeah. plays upset once she's caught in the act of lying. Yeah. So because every time he he constantly asks her to tell the truth and she either uh, omits or lies, and so like yeah, there's, there's some trust problems between the two. Cut to the flashback. The robbery continues. This flashback happens in the middle of this body digging up bit all that right this is such a weird amount of extra work to do to rob a bank right yeah to bring like a character actor in <laughs> to like one, one of the one of the bank robbers is character actor actor margo martindale right yeah <laughs> the bank manager like doesn't want to give up the key and they have to like threaten killing kate and i'm like yeah. hey to quote the movie heat we're not here for your money your money's insured by the federal government you're not gonna that's lose right. a dime like that's right this bank manager what are you protecting dude right, let it, right. just let it Look, go don't be a hero yep. dude he's also so convinced they're gonna shoot him anyway which like right i get that they came in kill and me shot anyway. again this is this is a first impressions thing they came in and they shot every camera right away one shot each it's much more of a liability to shoot all the guys in a bank you're robbing than right. to just leave yeah. with the money. As long as you don't, under any circumstances, take your mask off and reveal your true identity, which thankfully all of these <laughs> bank robbers are professionals and don't do. So. Oh, wait. <sighs> like, it just seems like a really weird, like, like, why would you even need an extra person for this? Like, I don't. I don't know. Or like disclaimer, I've never done a bank robbery. What? So like Hey Adam Adam, join me in the side chat real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, on the way. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go get water. Hold on. Uh, I, thought, wasn't, I thought you said that Jake had robbed a fucking bank before. I thought that's why we had him on for the fucking bank robbery episode. That's what it said in his Twitter bio, but then he changed it last week and I didn't have a chance to tell you. Oh, I'm looking at the notes. It says snake robbery. Gotcha. Fuck. All right. All right. Well, okay, okay. Hey, fellas, I got my water. How's the podcast? <laughs> All right, let's, let's move oh, on. good. Are those snakes? <laughs> From there, uh, we cut to Shannon and Saeed still yeah, doing yes, the They're still working. Papers. It's frustrating because Shannon understands French but doesn't understand math and Saeed understands math but doesn't understand French. And, and what they're trying to translate is nonsense. So like mm -hmm. everybody's frustrated. Saeed's like on the edge of figuring out how to talk to Shannon and this here shows that he doesn't know how because he gets frustrated and he stands up he stops he's like this was a mistake like this as soon as he said that i was like you gotta know that's gonna make her feel like shit even though right. you didn't intend to make her make it right. seem like her fault like it's you know impact versus intent right we we see saeed understand human nature so well yeah when people are lying or, or have like subterfuge or aren't being honest but then when it comes to just like talking to a person who's a little bit emotionally fragile he has no fucking tact so like i actually think that they they are portraying this like weird level of frustration and like almost a little bit of desperation even though it's not that serious yeah no in the scene like i think they portray it really well when i used to bring math homework home my dad had a much higher level understanding of math than what was necessary for the homework i brought home <laughs> oh and we had this exact same argument like this exact same level of like weirdly intense like stress over not being on the same page yeah. sure and like trying to over and under understand something like he is looking at this as like a series of charts and maps and formulas and like is so sure that whatever's written down on the page has to tie into this mm -hmm. in sure, sort of a brilliant sure. way where she is literally just as we find out later like reading the lines from a song from a kid's mood like a yeah. kid's cartoon yeah like they're, they're just they're both... not finding the common ground of what they're doing yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and like i feel like this portrays that like frustration really well of like they're not really mad at each other right but they're but neither of them are happy with what the other person is doing and it's not necessarily anybody's fault right it's just they're like they're just both frustrated then and saeed accidentally right. takes it out on her and she accidentally yes. takes it as 
an insult or an affront or whatever. And, right. and, and, she and vice versa. takes it out on her as well. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Their end state goals are different. Saeed has the, you know, he's like, oh, I'm right on the cusp of something. And Shannon's like, I want to be useful, but I also just want to be left alone. So the sooner yeah. I can finish translating this, the sooner I can get back to doing nothing. From there, we go over to Sawyer's place. Yeah. Uh, Jack comes for the case. Uh, he threatens to withhold Sawyer's antibiotics for his stab wound, which I think think Saeed did. Um, <laughs> that doesn't go against the Hippocratic Oath, you know? There, There's a bit here that I liked, and it's just at the tail end of it where, like, Sawyer hands over the case, but he gives him yeah. a little bit of the tail here. He's, uh, he says, and I'm paraphrasing, however she talked you into getting the case, she lied, brother. And the way he said it, I like it because Jack and Sawyer are not yet friends, but we know based on later shit, that Sawyer is a real person, not just a blonde version of uh, Yosemite Sam. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's the rootinest, tootinest guy on the island. And he does actually have a level of affection for Jack, and this is sort of like it's nascent or like seminal stages or whatever, so. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Sawyer's not wrong, and Jack has enough information to agree with him but he has yeah. almost no reaction to Sawyer dropping what's actually a, a, a pretty big knowledge bomb on him yeah so this scene is especially interesting to me not necessarily because any of the actual things they say to each other stand out I do think it's interesting that Jack is like I'm gonna stop medicating you and you'll die mm-hmm. like give me the yeah. briefcase but also like like this scene actually gives me a ton of appreciation for their scene in Exodus yeah Oh, that's they, right. They, that's they right. Like, that's saw right. That at, that's yeah. right, Jake. Yeah. 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 Like this, like that was my one note from the scene was like this, this scene really is enough context on its own for like me to understand why the scene in Exodus is so like important yeah. and yeah. such like a moment for them. It's almost like we did that shit on purpose. It's oh. working, Adam. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we cut to Kate. Jack brings her the case. Okay. Um, Kate's sitting there. And I'm like, oh, you know, here's another cool shot, you know, with the fuselage and all this stuff. And the camera flips around because I thought she was sitting by herself. There's fucking 30 people working behind her. And I'm like, <laughs> so we got Charlie sitting on the beach doing nothing. We got Shannon sitting on the beach doing nothing. We got Kate sitting on the beach doing nothing. If I was Scott or Steve or Arts or Frogert, I'd be like, get up off your ass and help us. Like, yeah, right, right. Yeah. If I were if I were on the Lost Sea team, I'd be so mad this episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no doubt. Part of me would be pumped about humping all the shit off of this part of the beach because okay, good. Now the now the good moping spot is being eroded. Maybe some of these fuckers will actually get some work done. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that like I th- I thought because of the same weird camera th- work, I thought Sawyer and Kate just lived in separate parts of the island from everyone else. <laughs> oh, and then it flips around and shows everyone working in the background. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it would have been great if like Sawyer's tent was just over her shoulder about 50 feet away. <laughs> just like right, you, you yeah, see Sawyer like, just standing over there like looking at him like, what are they, they going to do now? From there, we cut to up a lash back. This is the mask pulling up part and the, the part where the plan, which was going so well, just totally goes off it's, the rails like what of this right that's it was the thing working. is like it was working <laughs> jason you absolute clown yeah like <sighs> there is absolutely literally no reason so he says like don't worry about it maggie i'm just tying up my loose ends but like if you keep your damn mask on you have no loose ends right. to tie up right, right. You're, you're tying up a loose end <laughs> that you created literal seconds right. ago Right, you offered the information that Kate was the architect of this whole thing. Yeah, like what? Like, what? <laughs> her bank bank manager's like, let her go. Robert's like, let her go. She's the she's the brains of the operation, which forces Kate's hand, I right. guess, to be like, well, don't don't kill Mister Bankman. So she drops all three of them with flesh wounds. I don't know. Just John wicks the shit out of them, but non lethally. Yeah. just like yeah, yeah like yeah. pop. I think they're pop, all leg shots. Yeah. Because I was thinking to myself, I was thinking back because I knew, I was like, okay, the thing is about to fall apart. And I was like, oh shit, she's going to murk these three dudes. And that's why the lost audience is convinced that like, this is the thing because she kills three people, but then she didn't kill Right. Yeah. (laughs) So that was my, that's what I thought too, was like, I specifically remember the warden being like, oh, you don't remember when she killed three people in the bank? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I do remember when she killed three people in the bank. And then she didn't kill, then anybody, she didn't kill anybody in the bank. Like, 
specifically. <laughs> Unless they all later <laughs> died from their injuries. <laughs> right, like the cops just never showed up, which like... Uh, maybe they stood maybe outside for four hours looking at their phone Ooh. instead of going inside. Ooh. But... <laughs> Yeah, so that got that was like yep. a twist for me because I was like, oh, she doesn't even like kill those guys. Yeah. Well, so, oh. so then she reveals that she's like, I need I need access to this safety deposit box, and the and the bank manager's like, well, you need the key, and she's got the key. Yeah, and he's like, and the bank manager's kind of like, then why why did you do all this? <laughs> like, why didn't you just come in and use the key? How was she going to parse this if the heist didn't go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Like they're packing up the money, they're filling up the duffel bags, and she's like, oh, by the way one more thing like she's jason don't forget to get the jason don't forget to ask the bank manager for the key we got it he specifically says you double crossed me just for one safety deposit box so he they yeah, don't so know the, yeah, that yeah, that's you're right yeah you're right so like presumably her plan all along was to was to flip on the bank robbery instead of just being like okay we're gonna go in get all the cash and then take the items from one safety deposit box and then we can go right i have some information that safety deposit box 815 is full of bearer bonds you know like in Die Hard, let's get those two like right yeah like it was going so well until this scene and now all of a sudden it's just like right flailing apart he says something about you know i i forget he says something about maggie and she says my name's not maggie and i'm like again don't offer that right. up don't say that <laughs> now you're just giving the cops extra shit like oh well yep. she said her name yeah. is maggie but we know but that, that that's an that was not like, true don't yep. don't help them like it does not feel like this plan falls apart logically it feels like this plan falls apart because later in the season they need to explain that the plan fell apart you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean like it's not a good plan. It's not a. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, this scene buck wild, and I, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know so. what to think anymore. Um, yeah, it, it kind of broke my brain a little bit, but. Uh, so we we cut to the cave. They open up the box, the case. It's true, like she said earlier, it's got guns and some traveling money if it were me like and this is like putting myself in the islands like if i saw that stack i would just like i'd, I'd use it as like a prop and like bits later uh, i'd go like, <laughs> oh, yeah, i'd, I'd go sure. to hurley and i'd like hey man uh let me buy a coconut for two hundred thousand dollars or like whatever you know I'd, <laughs> I'd get a cigarette from sawyer and, be like, and light it with a 50 be like ah, look at this, this is funny like, shit like, that. like i would i would use i would try to work in some prop comedy without cash um <laughs> wait so you're an accountant adam you don't just do that in your day-to-day -day life <laughs> I, right. Yeah. Uh, I'm an accountant. I work with a computer. I I don't. I've never. I haven't seen real money in years. I just picture you in like a Scrooge McDuck style vault with like one of those green visors, and you're just, like <laughs> tabulating. I do. I do have a green visor that I wear at work every once in a while. That's fucking awesome. Because I'm a fan of prop comedy. Um, <laughs> not watching it, doing it myself. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> Right, right. Like watching it's insufferable. Yes, prop comedy is the lowest form of comedy. There's a there's an envelope with Kate's personal effects in it, a couple of pogs. Uh, like Right, yeah. My Jesus slammer, like Rose's Jesus slammer, I guess, probably is more likely. My Austin three sixteen slammer. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. It's got every I collected every single Power Ranger pog. Oh, Hell yes. yes. Hell and yes. All in my envelope. And luckily they didn't get ruined because the Halliburton case is also apparently extremely waterproof. The, the Zero Halliburton brand uh, attache case is part of the reason it was designed was to keep out dust and, and all of the stuff. It was made in 1938. The, the original uh, founder of Halliburton, he wanted to make a, a case that was would stand up to the... He was making all these oil trips and like going around. and like So it lasted better than like a, just a leather or a cloth case. I don't... Y'all got to warn me before you invite me on to one of these sponsored pods <laughs> next time. You know what I mean? Sponsor with Halliburton. Uh, well, uh, uh, <laughs> there's a toy airplane in the envelope. He again, Jack. Dude, why do you care? Why do you care? She, it's important to her. Get fuck off. Fuck off with your interrogation bullshit. Like you have four new toys here. Figure out who gets it. Have the pieces. Split up the ammo. Do whatever. Move on from Kate's toy airplane thing. That was important to her. Why is it important to you? Fuck off, Jack. He's aggressive for the sake of being aggressive. Right. Like, there's no reason he needs to know this, yeah. actually. Yeah. He badgers it out of her. She says, this belonged to the man I loved. This belonged to the man I killed. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he got what he wanted. He got some fucking dark shit out of her. Congratulations, Doc. You fucking yeah. dork. 
from there we cut to the beach the survivors are finishing up the big move you can sort of tell from the tree line this is the beach camp we're probably most familiar with um, yeah rose and charlie are sitting around the fire they have a little conversation of charlie just trying to bring up some some chit chat some clish mcclaver yeah. and uh he's like so your your husband was on the the tail end he's like yeah uh but he's he's still alive it's like, you know, how do you know? And she says, uh, I just do. You know, there's a fine line between denial and faith, and it's better on my side. Which I, I wrote down because that's probably my favorite quote in the whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. bad. And Charlie starts crying. You know, he's pretty emotional after yeah. the, the last couple of days. And he says, help me. And she says, I'm not the one that can help you. And I'm just like, Ugh. but then she starts praying. And I'm like, oh, this is a oh, Jesus thing. God, it kind of Yeah, yeah. I wrote, Charlie's beginning to process his trauma. He's being asked to find God, I think. <laughs> Shannon comes up to Saeed, Saeed just chilling by a fire. She remembers what the nonsense was from before. And she explains to him that she used to watch this kid named Laurent. And it was from this cartoon, car, computer cartoon movie that the kid watches yeah. all the time. Yeah, so she says from this cartoon, you know, one of those computer ones. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's ever how people describe CGI cartoons. <laughs> like, right. Word? Okay. Didn't, didn't we have like two Toy Story movies by this point? Maybe three? <laughs> yeah, she's talking about Finding Nemo. Which, why didn't they just say Finding Nemo? Disney owns ABC. Like, just say it. So yeah, so he sits down and she says like, this was a song that they used to sing all the time in this computer cartoon this kid used to watch and he says can you sing it and so she starts singing in french the song over the sea yeah beyond the the sea by bobby darren yeah yeah which nobody seems to know is a song that exists in english wildly famous by frank sinatra (laughs) i had to look it up because i recognized the melody that she was singing i was like oh this is beyond the sea i didn't yeah it's her so the french version la mer is the original bobby darren bobby darren wrote Beyond the Sea when he took La Mer and translated it into English. Oh, see, I didn't know a that. A few years I, later. I didn't know it either. I had to look it up. I knew it as a Sinatra song that wasn't originally Sinatra's. I'm like, I know somebody right. else did this. And I was like, oh, yeah, Bobby Darren. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, right. The song is wildly popular. Like, whatever. Um, but uh, so like La Mer is like this ode to the sea and then Bobby Darren turned it into like a love song. Maggie Grace, if that's her real singing voice, she's got a pretty singing voice. Um, beautiful. Yeah. My, my annoyance with this part overshadows a very cool thing that the soundtrack does here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whereas Jack, who everybody knows is the main character of Lost, <laughs> walks away, walks past the two of them where where she is singing, mm-hmm. and he walks out of earshot of the song. The music in the background becomes a piano version of Over the of Oh yeah, Beyond the Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought was really nice, actually. I thought that was a really nice touch to like keep playing it yeah, sure. as like the background music of the episode instead of like I wrote Chef's Kiss. I really liked it. <laughs> no, it's it's actually um, Saeed uh, has so much free time. He built a piano and he actually starts playing no, it. It's not. It's he built a player piano, so nobody has to play it. He can put, just put tracks right, on it's, it. It's an upright, you know. It's not like a grand <laughs> piano. So like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's let's not be unreasonable. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> like, Come on now. It's not a fucking Steinway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And then and then this is the part where we get fucking creepy Boone just being big Jesus weird God. creep. Yeah, like I don't Uh-oh. like he's been thinking about that. <sighs> is he your boyfriend line for the entire forty minutes of the rest of the episode? Mm. Like you're you're a boyfriend. He's like waiting to hit her with it. Like dude. that is such an off putting yeah. shot. That man, that gave me the same sort of like shiver down my spine as the the wallet from when they pulled the thing. Right. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. good. And then the final shot of the show is uh, Kate. Kate holding the yeah, plane, sitting by herself. Oh. Fade out, not even a smash cut. Yeah, it was a very a slow fade out. Just, yeah, that's it. That's uh so whatever the case may be. Brought to you by Zero Halliburton, a subsidiary of Ace Company Limited. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, did we like it? Was it good? That's the big question, right? Question. Jake, kick us off. It, it feels like this episode didn't hit the same for me as Exodus. I think there are a lot of reasons for that. Exodus is the first part of a three-part season finale. Like, sure. Not only is like it setting a lot more things in motion, so like, so like it's got a little bit of setting up for the next episode. Whereas this episode just kind of like has everyone conveniently tie up all of the episode's loose ends at the end, except for Kate. Mm. Yeah. And also, but like, I think a big part of my being cooler on this episode too is that I knew, like, like I wonder, like if 
all of the different Kate twists would have hit better Without- if I like didn't know that like this was the exact thing I was seeing the consequence of like later. Right. Or like earlier, I guess, in this case, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. The episode does a really good job, I think, of setting up Kate as this like weird mystery lady. Yeah. Just because like every flashback, even though the plan doesn't literally make sense at all. Not at all. Every flashback is really effective at like showing that like, oh, Kate has a scheme on top of a scheme on top of a scheme sure. on top of a scheme. Like, So I wrote that I think it's probably a holistically good episode of Lost. <laughs> but like that I think I would have enjoyed more if any of the Kate stuff were a twist sure. and that weren't literally the only other thing I know if about. If you had watched this show in order. Right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. we don't fucking do that here, baby. <laughs> that's look that's i would not watch lost on my own we we so have yet to be convinced I'm, that watching it in his order is the way you're supposed to do it where we still we're are just fine we are just fine <laughs> <laughs> jp Rick, what do you I'm think i'm gonna remember that in the back half of this show when it's all time travel and i hate my life oh it's uh, gonna be so good um so so jake's gonna give it a holistically good i think that's the terminology they use on rotten tomatoes good. So. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> JP, what do you what do you think? I'm going to say no. That you didn't like it or it wasn't good? Neither. Okay. Um or or both. <laughs> <laughs> both, either. <laughs> On paper, this checks all the boxes for me. It's it's a small story. We have a little bit of spookiness. Everything was executed incorrectly. The the heist makes no sense. Jack and Sawyer's motivations are frustrating. If if you put down on paper what happens in this episode, I'm like, that sounds like a great episode. How it was pulled off specifically through like exposition dialogue does not work for me because I was more frustrated with logistics than I was, you know, like entertained by what was happening on screen. Sure. So um, I I'm going to say no. I I did not like it, nor was it good. Adam. Uh, I'm going to give it a meh. There were a couple of little cool character bits in here that I liked. Like I liked seeing the seeds of of the Saeed Shannon stuff. The stakes for the Kate needing the case were so low that it was kind of whatever, but I do like, (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. I like this, again, the foundations of the Jack Sawyer friendship, whatever. The flashback took too long to cover such a small amount of real time, and it wasn't like heat enough for me to enjoy it. This episode of Lost brought to you by Michael Mann's Heat 2 in stores now by the time this episode airs. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to give it a mad. There was some cool stuff in it, but uh, for the most part, yeah, this kind of felt like a, a hammock between probably two episodes that had some more shit going on. Uh, moving on to the next little bit, uh, Lost MVP, who in whatever the case may be, was was the MVP. They, you know, whether they carried the episode on their back or just dragged it across your face <laughs> on a piece of broken plane fuselage, <laughs> who uh, ruled the roost here? Um, Jake, kick us off. I really took a lot of time to think about it because... Because I think that Rose does a lot of good character work with Charlie. Hell yeah. And she does. I am not a person who is connected to God, but like I respect that Rose is a person who is. And and at no point during her talks with Charlie did she explicitly state that salvation is what he's after. Sure. She was very sure. clear. Yeah. Sure. Um, but you know MVP gotta go to the Halliburton briefcase. <laughs> that bad boy withstood fucking physics. It withstood lock picking. It withstood water. Every it's world renowned. Everyone on the Everybody island knows, knows about it. <laughs> Literally an MV, an MVP, a VIP. I, there's not enough three letter abbreviations for me to give to this Halliburton briefcase in this episode. So. <laughs> oh my god. Excellent. Uh, JP, what about you? Lost MVP. I'm doing the inverse of uh, Jake's. I was going to goof about the Halliburton case, but then actually give it to Rose. Uh, But Jake did the goof much better than I did. So the fact that Rose just like got Charlie up off of his ass, just like called him out on his bullshit. when, When I saw Kate and Shannon both sitting doing nothing i was literally like hey rose can we get a motivational speech keeping keeping people moving keeping the momentum going rose uh not not ironically rose there you go not bad adam mvp uh yeah you guys 
both covered it. Um, like the 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 case, it's a, the MacGuffin for the thing, whatever. But like the best character in the episode was Rose. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, just more evidence to the fact that L. Scott Caldwell should have been a main cast member, replacing oh, fuck yes. I don't know, pick three other main yeah, cast just... members and replace them with her. The other side of the coin, who? Who is the eroding beach of this episode? Who is the meaningless scene uh, with Boone and John Locke? Who is lost forever? Who just blew it? Who could we have really done without Jake? I mean, it's Sawyer for me. It's this episode, Sawyer, because I don't feel this way about Sawyer in general. But like, look, if I were stranded on an island, would I be kind of irritating? Absolutely. But like... Boy, I would not make it anybody else's problem but mine. Sure. There is no reason Sawyer needs to act the way he does in the entire episode, yeah. whatever yeah. the case may be. So, uh, JP, what do you say? It lasts forever. Well, let me talk to you about the military-industrial complex. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm tied in with Jake's here again. Um, for me, it's Jack. Sure. For the same reasons, I feel like that Jake, pick Sawyer um he's just being a psychopath and does not need to push Kate the way that um he does much in the way that Sawyer does not need to push Kate in the way that he does he's just not being very nice so fuck Jack Adam uh uh, you would think that a show would really only have two total losers in it and that the choices wouldn't be so vast, but uh, I'm going to put Lost Forever, I'm going to saddle Boone with it this time. Um, <laughs> dude, that's your stepsister. You're supposed to care about her. Stop being such a fucking prick to her. Yeah, like, I dude. know that they got some shit that went on to this prior that JP might be unaware of. Yeah, I know. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> knock it off. Just fucking knock it off. If you ever, ever want anybody to be sad, that you're dead in episode 19 stop it <laughs> Ooh, that's coming up baby fuck <laughs> all right that's it sawyer jack boone little rainbow there for lost lost uh lost forever makes you wish you had three hands so you can give three thumbs down <laughs> <laughs> two uh, two little bits of trivia about this episode the reason oh. that they were moving off the beach was that the real life tide was destroying the original set Oh really? Um, the North Shore of Oahu, the ch- the tides were ruining it, and so they that yep, they, that's why they moved. It was actually happening. The strange wow. quote unquote strange tides of Lost were the not quote regular tides of Oahu. Probably a good idea anyway. It's real loud by the waves all the time. It's easy to get cleaner sound a little bit further away. So yeah, totally. Uh, and then the second piece of trivia I have is that season one, the uh, writing staff of Lost was nominated for and won a WGA Best Dramatic uh, Series Award for their writing on season one. That's pretty wild if you've only seen this episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy that these award-winning writers wrote this entire episode and that weird flirting scene from Exit is Part Fun. Jesus. <laughs> it's everyone's favorite scene from Lost, I see. Yeah. I wonder what else was happening in, on TV in 2005 for this to be the cream yeah. of the crop. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's it. Um, burning questions? Yeah? Nah? How did the plane get in the safety deposit box? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. But also, if it's never answered, I really don't give a shit. <laughs> well, also, yeah. Now I want to know what three people Kate killed. Uh, maybe. maybe. Or maybe yeah. she didn't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. This warden really seemed like kind of an asshole, yeah. if I recall. Yeah. So, like, maybe I'm glad they dug up his body. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> cool. Uh, Jake, uh, you want to do a quick plug? Yeah, sure. Uh, against my better judgment, you can find me on Twitter at TH3Composer. Uh, that's TH in the number three, Composer. I uh, I literally stream every morning uh, on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash DTJcomposer. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can find the Persona 5 real-time playthrough, which we were talking about earlier. Hell yeah, check it out. I put all those VODs on YouTube also at youtube.com slash TH, the number three master composer, because... <laughs> Because I'm short, as you can see, I've shortened it considerably <laughs> as time has gone by. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Oh, so, awesome. very cool. Well, uh, Adam, what uh, what are we going to be watching next time? If you out there are trying to be lost with us, next time we are going to be watching season one, episode seventeen in translation, featuring our sweet baby boy Jin. Really? Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Season one gin episode, so be prepared for some sort of weird season one gin stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. 
Jin does a lot of growing throughout the throughout the show. Um, and, and in order to do a lot of growing, sometimes you got to start from a place that's not so great. Yeah. <laughs> you got to well. start real small. <laughs> Thank you, Jake, for coming back on the show. Yeah. Uh, it was an absolute blast. Uh, yeah. Thanks all again for having me. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. To thank you out there as well to our audience for listening. Uh, we love you guys tuning in. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Um, I, I'm Adam. <laughs> Are you? Because I, I think I'm still JP. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have any idea what's going on in this show? No. Me neither. Lost on Lost is produced and edited by me and JP. We wish to acknowledge that we live, work, and produce our show on occupied land. Burbank, California is located on the traditional tribal lands of the Tongva, Chumash, Keech, and Fernandeño Tataviam peoples. Milwaukee, Wisconsin is located on the traditional tribal lands of the Peoria, Potawatomi, Miyama, and Ho-Chunk peoples. And Lost was produced in Hawaii on the lands of the Kanaka Maoli. Visit native-land.ca to learn more about the land you live and work on. You can engage with us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter at Lost on Lost One. You can also email us at wearelostonlost at gmail.com or support us with dollar monies at coffee.com slash wearelostonlost. Thanks to Lostpedia and its community of contributors, Danny Schmitz, Random.org, and as always, you the listeners for tuning in. We're hosted at Podbean. You can hear us there or wherever you get your podcasts, except MySpace. We're, we're not on MySpace. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 